Welcome to another episode of Consider This. I'm Ryan Vincent. I have with me Morgan Weiss and Scott Irwin. Today we are talking about the season of Lent. What it means, what Sunnybrook is doing to observe this season in preparation for Easter, and why you might consider adopting a new phrase in your home like, I tell myself no. Okay, Scott and Morgan, you both grew up in Christian homes, yes? Yes. Kinda. Whoa, <laughs> kinda. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Morgan grew up in a legendarily <laughs> Christian uh, tribe, really, that spreads throughout the Midwest. I'm pretty sure your dad, uh, if you mention a Christian church, your dad knows someone there and is possibly related to them. So <laughs> the, the Weiss legacy runs long and deep. Um, So, yes, growing up, you guys were connected to the life of the church, which means you guys, for however many years old you are, have probably gone through that many Easter's, I would assume. Mm. Do you have any memories growing up of, like, favorite Easter traditions, or even if it wasn't something that you did every single year, just uh, an Easter memory that sticks out? I remember getting up early for the sunrise service. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Did you guys have a sunrise service? We did. We had sunrise services here at Sunnybrook back in the day. Yeah. Where we got to bring, my mom would put uh, cereal in baggies because we could lay on the yeah. views and eat our cereal during yep. the sunrise oh, service. Yeah. I think so we did one at, the, at Boomer Lake a few years ago, didn't we? Pre-COVID? Mm-hmm. Seems like Maybe. a billion years ago now. but We did. I remember. So Easter was like sunrise service, um, white suit and pastels. Yes. Yep. <laughs> Did you have a special dress? Easter. Yep. We always got special pastel outfits. Yeah. Well, Did you guys do the Easter egg thing? Yeah. It wasn't like a big tradition. Okay. But we did. For me, it's like all I remember. It's like okay. we didn't have. I mean, we we went to church, but I I didn't pay attention. Clearly, <laughs> I was only interested. I have like there are far more photos of my sister and I hunting Easter eggs in our backyard or at our grandparents' house than there are of us getting dressed up to go to church stuff like that. We always had a big meal too. Did you guys do a special ham? Yeah, yeah, deviled eggs. I ham, think so. Green yeah, casserole. People from the church came over for yeah. lunch, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so the last couple of years at Sunnybrook, we have. Um, I don't think we have begun to participate and observe in the season known as Lent for the first time, but we've maybe put some additional emphasis on it in recent years. Um, but Lent, I, I, as I've as I've discussed it with people, say in a life group situation or in a classroom type situation, it's interesting how many initial responses to Lent there are in terms of, um, well, isn't that like a Catholic thing? Mm-hmm. So what are some of your... Um, maybe even personal uh, reactions to Lent or ones that you've gone through at the, in the past or ones that maybe you're hearing from others when we say Sunnybrook is, is putting together resources for Lent. What are some of the responses that we come across? That's the big one for me is, is a Catholic thing. Even, uh, even just yesterday bringing it up with somebody that's Ash Wednesday. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, yeah, um, that, that's when we get to find out all the people who are Catholic that we couldn't believe were actually Christian, you know, uh, because they have this mark on their foreheads. Um, one guy was saying that his his wife works at a sorority and just shocked at all <laughs> these girls that 
were not normally. They didn't seem so Catholic yesterday. No, <laughs> not, you know, not over the weekends, you know, stumbling in. But anyway, so, so like a Catholic cultural tradition. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I've heard that one quite a bit. Yep. Yeah. Even growing up in the church, honestly, I don't really remember learning or hearing about it. Mm-hmm. Really, if I'm honest, I in high school, it became cool for me and my friends to pick something to fast from during Lent, something to cut cut out. Um, but we were also going to the Catholic church every Thursday for free pizza during Lent. It was only cheese, but it was free pizza every ah. Lent. Oh. So I remember doing that in high school, it becoming kind of a thing that I did as a, f- kind of, it sounds weird to say, but as a fad. Mm-hmm. Um, but honestly, I don't, you bringing up the church calendar on our staff and in our church and studying it and kind of being passionate about that is probably really the first time as someone who even grew up in the church that I'm hearing about most of the seasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. I had to get a, a master's degree in spiritual formation to learn <laughs> that Advent and Lent are actually good things that we should do. They're pretty yeah. cool things. They, um, <laughs> they can yeah. seem, you know, I, the, one of the things that I've struggled with as, as maybe one of the, the people that is trying to push the agenda. And I don't even think it's an agenda. I think we have people on board and, I just think it's a, a generally a good thing, but I've, I've had to kind of wrestle through what does it actually mean to say that it's Lent? like, what does that tangibly produce in the life of the church? And, um, you know, over the, over the last couple of years, we've made some incremental changes, I think made some bigger changes of the last, uh, really since COVID. But I even had a gentleman come up to me last night from uh, after um, teaching on Wednesday night. Guy, a, a Sunnybrook guy, actually a former. Um, I want to say he's a former Methodist minister, but he's been a part of the Sunnybrook family for quite a while now. He said, uh, "He got up and he said, why, why do we not observe Ash Wednesday here?'" And I said, "You know, I don't know. I don't know." I said, "But maybe we will at some point in the future." And then, you know, uh, my I had a guy in my life group text me this morning and asked if I went to an Ash Wednesday service yesterday. I said, no, I intended to go um, to the one at St. Francis Xavier, but I ended up having a meeting to introduce a new family to the church, and I had to go meet them instead of go to that. And uh, he was jokingly asking, when are we going to, like, I I really appreciate some of the traditions of the Catholic Church, and I'd like if we could incorporate some of those things without, without changing our Protestant confessions. And I told him, I said, Religious people and religious organizations tend to change very slowly. And I told them that can be frustrating at times, but I also think it is a sign of stability. And so I think overall, the slow change that you see in the church is overall a good thing. And I told him the story of, uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with a preacher named Jensen Franklin. Hmm. He's in Georgia somewhere. Southern guy. Um, he took, uh, he took over the lead ministry job from his father, who had, had this big church, and Jensen wanted to move the piano to the other side of the stage. And he said, is that going to cause a problem? And his dad said, son, move it a foot a week. And he just, <laughs> <laughs> he just said, the best way to, to change is, is most often slowly and, and not so dramatically. So all that to say, we are trying to be, I think, a lot more intentional about uh, observing both Advent and Lent here at Sunnybrook. Okay, can I just ask? Yes. Since you're the kind of professional on staff of this. Um, <laughs> the YouTube professional. That's YouTube what I am, which Scott's about to take away from me next week. <laughs> so um, what? I, I have two questions. One, what what is the point of Ash Wednesday when you're talking about that? What's like the actual point of that? Why do you put ashes on their head? What do they make 
at that time, if you're Catholic, do you make a decision on I'm giving this up? Do you confess that to something? What's the point of that? And then two, we haven't always practiced Advent, but for me as growing up in the church, it was it was actually we practiced it without calling it that. Oh yeah, like we we had a, like to, a building up to Christmas yes, season. Yes. It, it, Christmas season, the building up to like the longing for the for the birth, the the first coming and second coming of Christ was kind of a something that we practiced. We yeah. Jesus was the center, right? That was we were trying to fight against commercialism, you know, quote yes. unquote. We would preach we messianic prophecies and stuff like yes. that. Yes, yeah. but Lent, um, it's so interesting because Easter, you know, we're celebrating this huge thing, like the crux of our belief. Yep, but. What are we kind of, are we building up towards resurrection or is it yes. towards the second coming or is it towards well, Christ as fulfillment? Yeah. I maybe mean. maybe to, to zoom out and, and once you see that it's situated in a bigger thing, then you kind of make sense of the parts. So the, the Christian calendar, which you already mentioned, the Christian calendar is divided up, the year is functionally divided into two six-month cycles. And so for the Christian, for the church, the year actually begins usually in the last week of November on the first Sunday of Advent. That's when the year begins. And so that you're starting the first half of the year and it's the story, it's rehearsing the story of Jesus. The design of the church calendar is to um, allow the church to rehearse and repeat these very important identity markers of who we are. So the story of Jesus runs from his incarnation. Well, the Advent begins with kind of the preparation and a lot of the prophecies and stuff. His incarnation, there's Christmas, high holiday number one. And then you go into another season where you celebrate like his revelation as the son of God. That's Epiphany. Usually you're talking about Jesus' baptism around that time. Then you go into a short period of, uh, of discipleship oriented type stuff. And then Lent begins, usually uh, end of February, beginning of March. And Lent starts the, the next move. We're still in the story of Jesus preparing for his death, burial, and resurrection, Easter. So you do the whole Jesus story, and then the Jesus story culminates with the season of Pentecost as he sends the Spirit to the church. So those are the three big ones then? Yeah, we celebrate as church the two, the two biggest ones. I would say probably Easter is the highest one, then Christmas, and then Pentecost. It's kind of Those are the big holidays. Okay. And the whole story of Jesus goes around that. The second half of the year begins usually in June, and it runs all the way to the end of November. That's known as ordinary time, where you rehearse the story of God's people. So a lot of your themes and sermon subjects and texts will emphasize discipleship and life in the church and uh, life lived in the community of faith. And then you start over, and you're like, well, let's talk about Jesus. And so the design of the church calendar is to keep our minds ever focused on the coming of Christ and then the story of Jesus and the Gospels and then the implications of Jesus and the Pentecost as the church begins. And then the second half of the year is always talking about what, the, what that means for life as believers until Jesus returns. So in then Ash Wednesday. Ash Wednesday is the beginning of the Easter cycle. And so the ashes, if you remember the curse in Genesis 3, from dust you came into dust you'll return, it, it is to help us understand our mortality and our need for redemption. And so it's a reminder of our humanness. And it's a reminder that, and I, I told, yesterday, devos at the Vincent breakfast table were very somber. I just said, today is Ash Wednesday, which means we got to remember that we're all going to die. Like, that's just part of it. We're going to return to the earth. And we are going to spend the next 40 days, six weeks, 
reminding ourselves that that death is not final because the resurrection is here. So it's kind of the, uh, the opening, the, the beginning of Lent indicates your frailty and your need for redemption. And the end of Lent is a celebration that we will be glorified with Christ in his resurrection. Mm-hmm. In that sense, it almost resembles Advent. Yeah. It's like this season of, mm. it's like sad, longing, mm-hmm. depressing kind of. <laughs> and then your, but your, your anticipation of yeah. the celebration. Yeah. And that's why um, when you ask someone, what, what are some of the qualities of Lent? What are some of the characteristics of it? They'll say, well, it's a season of con- contrition and repentance and recognizing our need for a savior. And so it does feel depressing. But I think, I think it, it's probably more of a season where we remember certain themes that, that humble us in preparation for, um, for the celebration of Easter. And in that sense, it's you fast in order to feast. So, Yeah, and that's, and that's where Lent is a little different than Advent because Advent does have a somber, purposeful, mm-hmm. you know, because it's coming out of this 40 or 400 years of silence and, and then boom, Jesus comes on the scene. Mm-hmm. And so, but Lent has this cycle of fasting and then feasting, mm-hmm. this, this weekly reminder that I'm giving up something uh, to, to help me focus. And then I'm celebrating each week, every yeah. Sunday. I'm celebrating, I'm enjoying. I'm partaking in, you know, these yep. gifts that God has given. And then and then it leads up to this final. Yeah. And so it's Easter. like an enhancement. Like sometimes, and, and I think the tradition of the Christian church really in, in like supports this and enhances it. Every Sunday is designed, every Sunday in the entire year is intended to be a, quote, feast. Hmm. And um, that doesn't mean that we gorge ourselves. It means that we come and we, we celebrate and we feast on the Lord's body and his blood. And so there is this celebratory aspect to worship that um, I think is a marker of every single Sunday. In Advent, it takes on a new tone because you spend the days in between with this intentional like uh, process of self-denial and stuff like that. So anyway, so Scott, help us see if we're we have some things in place this this year where we are. um, The word is intentional, inviting people Mm -hmm. to um, participate in some, I, I guess you could call them rituals, some some embodied worship maybe. Um, what are some of the things that we're going to be asking people to do and maybe even give us some of the why behind it? Yeah. So you'll have to help me with, uh, with all the different weeks. Um, I have a couple of them in my head. but So each week we're going to be inviting people uh, to, to take this opportunity to deny something um, in order to help them with a lot of things. Like, so if you talk about fasting as a spiritual discipline, um, any, any spiritual discipline is done with the intent of placing myself before the Lord so that he can, he can work on me, so he can show me things, so I can um, be um, in need of him. And, you know, and so these disciplines that God gives us are, are things that, that we, are practices that we do, but ultimately it's, it's placing ourselves before him so that he can do his work on us. And so f- where fasting comes in is it's, it's me denying myself of something that reveals maybe um, an appetite that I have or a, an attachment that I have mm-hmm. or a craving or a desire. So, you know, traditionally and most usually it's always food. Mm-hmm. And food is that thing that we 
do every day. We eat every day. And every time we eat, we experience these physiological things um, of comfort and, and satisfaction and all these things. And some of us, you know, whatever, we have food comas or whatever. So when you take that away, your body goes into this starvation mode and, and is going to remind you with hunger pains and with tiredness and with all these things. And, and so fasting done for spiritual purposes is, is saying, I want, to, I want to experience those moments of emptiness and, and craving and hunger pain because in that moment, it is like this unique moment where my body is saying, what the heck are you doing? <laughs> Get some food in you now. Mm-hmm. And you can go, no, you're not the boss of me, mm-hmm. you know? Um, Richard Foster describes our appetites like spoiled children, hmm. you know, in that if if we always just give our stomachs what they want, when they want it, you do that with anything and anyone. You know, we live in a world, and I wrote this down because I think it's helpful. We're bu- it's built around convenience and instant gratification. Yep. And so when when we just when we mindlessly give in to convenience and instant gratification on a regular basis, not just with food, with with lots of things. And and so each week we're gonna we're gonna challenge our people, encourage our people. Um, we're gonna deny something different each week, but. When we don't, when we don't resist convenience and in, in, in instant gratification, it's I. Lately, I've been thinking about it in my own life, like just injecting small amounts of poison, small but increasing amounts of poison into my diet. Mm-hmm. And 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 I may not know what's happening, but at some point, it's like there's something going wrong. Yeah. And it's 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 dying a slow death when we don't resist those things. Yeah. And. And so fasting becomes this opportunity for God to get my attention and be like, whoa, I am really used to just eating whenever I'm home and getting a snack and eating whatever I want because I want it. Mm-hmm. And being able to, to deny, like, no. It's not saying food is bad. It's saying, no, I don't, I need to, I'm going to deny myself for a period of time to remind me of my need for God. Mm-hmm. And, and so I think this first week is social media. Yeah, is that right? that's the first one. So that's the first one. So came out of the gate where it hurts, guys. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I did announce that to our junior high high school students last night uh-huh. on Ash Wednesday, uh-huh. giving them a heads up, and I said, "You guys want to know the first one? Yeah, should I tell them?" Justin's like, "Tell them." So, okay, <laughs> of course. <laughs> so I said, "Social media and internet," and I just heard, "No, <laughs> Katie, just Katie Bazin, <laughs> first row, set, raised her hand." <laughs> so I call on her, and like two hundred students, just, she just says. So does that start like now? I said, no, you have till Sunday. Whew. Okay. <laughs> I got to prepare myself till Sunday. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And so it, what, what that will do is, and everybody will interact with that differently because there's some people like, I don't even do social media, but mm-hmm. maybe it's YouTube or maybe it's reading the news on your phone yeah. or maybe it's video you know, games video games, or yeah, some with sort of friends online. Well, maybe it's, kill myself. maybe it's Wordle. The wordle, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Don't say it. Uh oh. What about uh, like the news? Just like scrolling the news websites, that kind yeah. of thing. Like And so what happens I, what I perceive will happen is all of us will pick up our phones and all of us will habitually just go oh, yeah. into this oh, and then we'll realize <gasps> I'm not supposed to do that. Yeah. 
or or we'll look at our phones and go, I really want to pick that up. Mm-hmm. It's the but equivalent of your stomach grumbling because yes. it's hungry. Yes. It's like, this is what we do at this time, all the time. Yes, and it, it, and that's the moment when, when fasting becomes a spiritual practice, if it's turning from that thing to, all right, Lord, <laughs> you got yeah. to help me get through this. It's and not not wanting it. It's denying yourself the pleasure, yeah. right? Or the yeah. gratification. I, I literally, I'm going to tell our students on Sunday mm-hmm. to the ones that have smartphones and have social media to, to just put them all into a box. You know how you can organize your phone and just make title it. Nope. <laughs> not <laughs> today, just, Satan. So <laughs> that's a good, <laughs> so just like, as you're going through it, it's one more step. So uh-huh. you don't even just like go into it automatically. <laughs> that's a good idea. So you, you realize how intentional don't you do are it. being. <laughs> nope. That's a good one. I like it. That's you know what's gonna uh, what I think is gonna hit me the most is gonna be the week where it's no music or podcasts. Oh yeah, that's gonna like that's gonna make driving in my car <laughs> suddenly just like I don't know what to do with my hands and keep them on the wheel. But you know, <laughs> I'm so that yeah. like that is such a part of my private life is just kind of consuming information that yeah, way. Yeah. So let's what so what are the different weeks? So we have social media first week. What's week two? Food is is second. And I only know that because I did the Devo. So I don't second. know the order of the rest, but I know social media, food. Food. I think week sleep. Week four is sleep. I'm trying to remember week three. Um, caffeine and sweets is one. I think caffeine is that's Holy Week. Yep. Caffeine and sweets. Um, and we also have TV movies. I think that's week three. Okay, so food's going to happen on spring break. Yeah. TV mm. movies. I don't know what season of March Madness that is. But oh, it will be it's not good. It your dad was your dad that. was very aware of that one. Whenever <laughs> yes. we were making these decisions, yes. I secretly was like, "Please, guys, put it week one before before <laughs> it all starts." Was a conference tournament. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, and I think so. And and I don't know. Maybe Drew and I are getting in trouble for this, but we recognize we're going to be in Albuquerque all week. We're going to be working long hours, serving in different ministries right. and stuff. And so we're challenging our our people to switch week three and week two. Oh, where it will be easy for them to because they're just well, too busy. I think I think it's I think it's actually sleep is week three because we were looking at the calendar. Oh going, yeah yeah yeah. What we're going to challenge our students to do is we're going to breakfast at eight, but we're going to challenge everybody to get up an hour earlier. Okay. Encourage everybody to get up, and we're going to provide some sort of hour with God thing. thing. Yeah. But um, but I mean we're going to be going to bed late, tired, and we're going to be encouraging them to get up early. So that anyway. is the other one. We didn't say sleep. Yeah. Or, or so. Yeah. yeah. So. Which you can't I, sleep for a whole week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which for eating too, you know, when we think of fasting, we, we usually think of just not eating. Yep. Um, drinking for sustenance. It's letting, you know, constantly we're holding on to God with one hand, holding on to the earth with one hand. And for a week we're taking our hand off the earth and we're saying, all right, two hands, mm-hmm. you know. But for families, especially families, I would say with, kids in sports that are like going straight from you know lunch is like you miss lunch you're having breakfast and then you're literally working out for two hours after school and then coming home you know or or families that have young kids when most often they're cranky it literally messes with their body when they're not eating or when they're tired you know my wife is very aware of my toddler's blood sugar levels at all times yes so and there's an element that when i think about that like 
with my four-year-old or with like a second grader that they won't fully be able to grasp yeah. deny myself there yeah. it's going to just mess with or we have a lot of people so, in our church and that are diabetics and the, right. it's, it's very different for them so it's like you have liberty i hope yeah. our people will know and, and we're going to try to give them resources mm-hmm. to have to take liberties with these things to shape them mm-hmm. and so i would challenge like people in your life groups to maybe brainstorm with other families about how they might do that um with uh with my four-year-old, I do know we're going to not eat out all week. I can control that, you know. And then my money will go towards our daily bread or something. And then the other idea that we either read about or someone told me about was, like, cooking bland meals. Mm, yeah. So every mm. night, and, you know, we might still have the same schedule of meals, tacos the first night, mm. but we're not going to have cheese and tomato yeah. and lettuce and sour cream. You just get meat and... yeah. Or, bread. or you like get rice, unseasoned get, rice and beans, mm-hmm, things like unseasoned. that. Unseasoned. Hmm. Um, you still have fruits and vegetables. So you're you're still getting, you know, your your children aren't going to just be like yeah. starving. Yeah. But, you know, or for the caffeine week, I think we're going to, I'm going to challenge Dakota. We're, we're only drinking water this week. That's it. Yeah. You know, yeah. Mm-hmm. that's how you would do that with your and, child. You and know? we and we will kind of provide like a spectrum because there are many of you that should probably pick a day or two in the food week to not eat anything mm-hmm. like a 24 right. hour fast is within the realm of reasonable for some yes. mm-hmm. college. Yeah. High school, adult, mom, dad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, and so I, I don't think that these are going to, we're, we're definitely not going to legislate this and, you know, give you a fasting punch card at the front door of the church, but <laughs> that's why we say invite. We really do. I, I would just encourage you if you're listening to this thinking I've never, I've never done a fast or mm-hmm. I've only done them once or twice uh, in my life. I just don't know if I can do six of them back to back to back. I would encourage you to invite someone to, to do it with you and to say this, I, I, I truly believe that it's, it's less about like, to say that you've done it and it's more about long like lasting dividends spiritually as you learn to just rely on the lord you learn to reallocate time for prayer or devotional reading and scripture and i actually i'm I'm talking with my my family as we do these fasts together what of these things are we going to adopt to incorporate into our yearly rhythms anyway like um you know i have a i have a eight-year-old who loves his Nintendo Switch. Um, okay, son, are we going to once a quarter, like just say nothing this week? Like we're, as a family, nothing. And what can we learn as we do it as a church collectively that maybe becomes part of our own personal devotion and worship throughout the year? And so, I would yeah. just say, you know, as a plug, we, we bring up this idea of orange a lot um, in our church body, which is a family and then the red, the, you know, the heart of the home and the light of the truth, the word of God, the church coming together to help disciple your children. This is why I would say with a life group or, or if you're a mom or a dad or a grandparent or a babysitter or whatever, um, this is just a really good opportunity to, it, it's like teeing it up for you to say, as a family, we are going to fast together and your kid's going to say, what in the world is fasting? You're going to say, we're going to say no to something we love in order to focus on Jesus as we lead up to Easter. Mm-hmm. And they might say, like, Easter, like when we hunt Easter eggs, and you say, yeah, but guess what? Easter is actually where we celebrate, as Christians, we celebrate that Jesus not only died 
on the cross to take away all of our sin and to deal with our sin, but he rose from the grave and defeated death so we get to be with him forever. And so we're going to say no to ourselves so we can remember him and we can focus on him as a family. And then even ask, I mean, you, if you have kids that can talk, they can probably even help give you ideas mm-hmm. about what that might be. You know, what do you think we should, how we should, what should we say no to? We're supposed to say no to movies. That, will that be hard for us? Should we plan to do something else during that time? Probably so. Or your kid might tear the house apart, you know? <laughs> so, like, everybody kind of has those moments of, yeah, but when I'm cooking dinner, this is what my kids do. They watch TV and I, so I can get dinner done. All right, well, this week, you might need to say, okay, during this time we're reading, or during this time we're going to listen to worship music, or during this time you're going to sit on the, on the bar stools and help me cook dinner, whatever. You, you're going to have to intentionally think as parents, how do I fill that time and fill that void with something that helps my family focus on the Lord? Mm-hmm. So, but uh, truly, this would be, I, I guarantee you, I don't, I don't think, I'd be willing to, to put money on this, I think. That anybody who intentionally tries with their family, I do not think they would regret it at the end of this this time. I really yeah. don't. I think that you will be so happy you did this as a family. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah, taking a step, I mean, think about, because I remember coming to Ozark as a 20-year-old. I came a little later. I remember I had a, a roommate who was a year younger than me, and he was fasting. And I said, why are you not eating? That just sounds dumb. And so I grew up in the church, like you mentioned. I, I grew up in a, a, a pretty faithful home and was never talked about. Like fasting was never talked about. I thought it was the dumbest thing that somebody would intentionally not eat. And, and so think about, you know, whatever. You have a 2-year-old, you have a 5-year-old, you have an 18-year-old, or a 16-year-old, whatever. But just introducing them to concepts of like denying self for the purpose of yeah. recognizing your need for God. So, and that, and I think that's a really important distinction to draw because uh, as I was thinking about this a few days ago, I thought, wow, like intermittent fasting has become like a yeah. dieting strategy yeah. now. Yeah. And Scott, what would you say is the biggest difference between a, a fasting regimen that has as its design health benefits and the kind of fasting we're talking about here? Yeah. I mean, th- there are health, there's, Undeniably, there are health benefits. And in fact, our bodies go through this physiological thing. If we go through, if we push through like the first, whatever it is, 24 to 48 hours, your body does release certain things. And actually, from in my experience, and I've talked to others about this, you know, around day three, there's this, your body just gives up mm-hmm. trying to yell at you to eat something and just goes into this more of a focused, peaceful. So I think there's some things, physical things that are being happening that God has built in. But fasting is not just skipping a meal. It's not just, you know, working through lunch. It's, it's going, no, I'm going to take the time that I would normally do to do this. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to use that time with God in, in prayer. But, but, but more importantly, I would say it's, it's those moments of hunger pains. It's those moments when your kid is not finishing his hamburger and you're like, you've been, it's been 24 hours, and you're like, you're going to throw that away? Oh, my goodness. And then you notice every commercial that's about food and every billboard. Yes. It's, and it's, scent. You get out of your car at Hobby Lobby, and you smell the Yes, or, yes. Yeah. It's those moments where you go, what the heck is, why am I so hangry? Mm-hmm. And then you go, oh, I'm doing this on purpose. Because, God, I need to be reminded that I just give in to cravings 
without even thinking about it. And I don't, and I, and I need the Lord more than I need these yeah. things, you know. You know, in that sense, in a very real way, fasting from any of these things is a lot like repent and believe cycle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where it's a denying, turning away, changing something, saying no in order to believe, trust, seek something yeah. else, say yeah. yes. And, and, I, and I, I even think as you, as you go through the fast, if you were to do all six of them, and you look back on on them and say, "Wow, number four just about broke me. Like mm-hmm. that was the hardest." Mm-hmm. Okay, we we probably just found an an area of possible idolatry in your life that now you it, you do have opportunities to repent and believe going forward as you kind of exposed your almost godlike dependence on something. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, yeah. There's there's this this um, this moment of of recognizing man i i i need god so much right now to get through this and and what that is to me that's a glimpse of reality it's like a reality i mean if you recognize that every breath i take you know i can't live a few more minutes without the lord sustaining me and providing air for me and providing food for me and water for me so like it, it is a connection to a greater reality that exists constantly, but we, because we have Walmart and Amazon, <laughs> we are completely isolated from this reality. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll pay more to get two-day shipping. I mean, <laughs> yeah. It's like we have to intentionally remind ourselves of our need for him. Yes. You know, and then the resurrection is just that much more yeah. meaningful. Yeah. Because he, he, he gives us himself. Well, and, and your dad said something to me the other day that, you know, just this idea of when, when a picture is out of focus, it's really frustrating because we all know it's like, because in our world where p- there are so many pixels now, we can, we notice when something is pixelated and we're like, yeah. what the heck? was the standard death? Yeah, well, it's yeah, gross. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, but like this, when you have this need and you're like, why am I, oh, I'm. It, it really does bring in things into focus that weren't there before. And I think, you know, what I'm really praying for for myself and my family is is that there would be this greater clarity and high-def focus on Jesus going through this, that that turning from and denying, you know, something would, would allow me to focus in on something greater. So... Morgan, uh, I know the the uh, family ministry team has been putting their heads together to see how we can support families. What are some things that our um, our families with students in our ministries can be expecting? We will uh, have a handout that we'll give out this Sunday. So uh, you didn't mention, I don't think, but we will have these booklets that we are handing out this Sunday. Yes, we will have uh, devotional booklets that also have guided readings and also... Explain uh, fasting. Explain the fast, the fasting and what the fasts are when they are. Yeah. So we'll have these things for you, like for a resource for adults. Um, and then we'll also hand out a resource that just gives a couple of ideas for families, um, both for a family situation or an individual or independent as your kids get older. Um, example of how you might be able to fast with them. We would say um, a key piece of Lent, if you can just kind of help students, and I think even, even – um, adults sometimes to focus on one thing which is why we're talking so much about the fasting um because it's this it's this season of okay this is something we can do tangibly and we can focus on tangibly so we'll have that i think each week um drew and scott will be 
kind of recording some sort of little um, here's some tips and reminders of how you can do this as a family and we'll put those on social media except the first week maybe <laughs> um, and <clears throat> um, so we'll have those two things going on and then we're hoping to just kind of send out emails to our families and remind them to do these things and again it doesn't have to be complicated. I would I would probably really push you if you have a child of five year five years old or below that you literally teach them like a phrase that is um, you point to yourself and say, I tell myself no. Maybe that's all you teach them. Yeah. You know, mm. so, uh, you know, Asher, you know, how, Asher's two years old. Asher, what is fasting? I tell myself no. That's good. I mean, I whatever like it is, something very simple. You're not trying to like, so do you understand? You know, the rhetoric. this will be, and this will Morgan be Morgan is Ryan. right now rebuking me for my parenting <laughs> I am. style. Ryan's like, yeah, and our, you know, it was a very somber time. I'm like, really? Your two-year-old was somber. Really? You're ha- I'm having a hard time imagining that at your breakfast table, Ryan. You know, but I think that's his heart, you know, his yeah. desire as a, as a dad. And I love that. Him and Rachel do a phenomenal job at that. But, you know, sometimes it's as simple as just getting your child to realize fasting is when I say no to me. When yeah, I say no to good. myself and that's what really I want. Um, and then you kind of incorporate the other things. So you got a high school student and, you know, there's a family. I had one of my, I don't think she'd even mind me saying this. Tara, Tara texted me and said, does this mean video games too next week? I said, yes. She said, bless, bless. <laughs> that's what she said. Um, and I said, yeah, I like got older students. I'm going to challenge some of our older, some of our older students to, you know, like, I think maybe maybe you need to pack like a peanut butter and jelly every day for your lunch and you guys sit in the cafeteria and you don't go out to eat this week. That's good. And you use your you donate that money to something else. Yeah. You know. And we didn't spend a lot of time on it, but Morgan has mentioned several times giving the money she would have otherwise spent mm. on um, things that she'll be fasting from to our daily bread or, you know, some yeah, or cooking charity. a meal for someone else or whatever. So almsgiving and being yeah. a, a generous kind of like Advent is a, another, you know, idea that is emphasized during the season of Lent. Yeah. As you get older and then you can start to say no to bigger things. You have you have a greater responsibility, you know, in junior high, our, our entire um, point that we're trying to focus on that kind of underlines all we do is is this idea of spiritual disciplines and holy habits and growing in those things. So we have right the four pillars are identity um spiritual discipline spiritual formation um we have missional living and then we have navigating the word of god like knowing the word of god and so we have a different one of those pillars that kind of underline each thing and on purpose when your child leaves elementary and goes into these teenage preteen years we want them to start owning this a little bit differently and so we're going to challenge them a little differently than we would challenge our second grader and we you know, Matthew can do more than say, I say no to me. Mm-hmm. He can actually put something else there yeah. and I'm going to read this extra passage or I'm going to do this extra thing. Um, and then your two year old's just learning a basic truth, you know, so you kind of hmm. different levels. You That's know? great. Yep. If we have time, I would like for you to explain Sunday because we we've talked a lot about fasting. <laughs> But we haven't talked about the feasting. Yes. We don't do that well, really, either. <laughs> no, we don't. Like I said, Sundays uh, throughout the year are intended to be uh, uh, the Lord's Day. The, it's a day of feasting. And so a lot of times that's that's envisioned as you, you feast on the word of the Lord. You feast in worship. You feast on the meal that we share together. But I would say as we set aside these things, um, 
you know, if next week is well, I'll I'll do food because that that one's a little more easier for me to do off the cuff. As we as my family denies ourselves in certain ways throughout the week, you know, Morgan talked about doing simpler meals with children or um, making them, you know, eat. I don't know. Grilled chicken instead of chicken, you know, make it where they just have to be aware that they're not getting their ways. Um, I, I'm sure I will spend several days throughout that week, uh, probably not in a row, but I'll split them up where I just I do 24 hour fasts alongside them and then I eat the simple food with them. I will have and I will be talking with them throughout the week about our plans for um, Sunday's lunch or dinner where we're going to eat well. We're not going to gorge ourselves, but we're going to have fun. We're going to cook this meal together. It's going to be, we may even do a meal where everybody gets exactly what they want. So we do like a, a six way meal. Hallie's diet is already determined, but you, you kind of, <laughs> you make that celebratory as you spent a week denying yourself. And so you, you spend the, the six days, um, recognizing your dependence on God. And then on day seven, you celebrate the goodness and the graciousness of God and the fact that he is generous and gives us fajitas, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Like it, TV, TV, net, you know, the TV Netflix one, we said as a family, you could watch something together, like make yeah, it a special yeah. night, you know, or your small group, your life group could do that. We're going to have a family movie night group. or whatever. Yeah. 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 Something like that. Yep. So there's the, yeah, there's the, as you deny, you're, you're always in preparation for celebratory, um, kind of culmination. So that's the point of Lent to Easter is yeah. you, you, you fast in order to feast. Yeah. Dance party. Awesome. Nap. <laughs> great Napping, yes. I can't wait to nap on Sunday. Sunday naps will have a whole new meaning. That's true. That's a good. After that's a, a good week way of denying yourself sleep. Well, we uh, we we love you guys, and we appreciate your um, your willingness to to go with us through this stuff. If this feels like this is new to you, if this feels like um, wow, I just don't even know where to start. We're really all kind of in the same boat. As a church, we are starting this um, in many ways from the exact same starting line. So ask us uh, for suggestions. We would love to help. We're trying to figure it out along the way. Be patient with us as we do uh, try things, and they may work to some degree. But we're, I think as a, as a church family, this, this can be a net positive thing altogether. So look forward to it, and we'll see you guys on Sunday. Happy Lent. Happy Lent.